church. How are we doing this afternoon? We doing okay? Hot? <laughs> well, it's good to be indoors with the S-O-N instead of outside in the S-U-N. Amen? Amen. If you're able to rise, we would love for you to join us in singing Blessed Quietness, hymn 172, as our opening hymn. Then we'll have a word of prayer. Blessed Quietness, hymn 172. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to come into your house and worship, Lord, to give you honor and glory, Lord. Please be with Pastor Waters as he brings forth to introduce your message today, Lord. Again, Lord, those people that don't know you, Lord, may they step up and accept you, dear Jesus, as the Lord and Savior, Lord. And it's in your mighty name that we do pray. Amen. Amen and amen. And as we continue, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 472, hymn 472, follow on. Oh, God, follow, follow, 
afternoon, and you may be seated. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church, our afternoon service. We're awful glad that you're here today. Thank you for coming back. Uh, don't forget about some things that are taking place this Saturday. This Saturday, we have men's sewing at 9.30 in the morning. We also have at 10 o'clock, ladies sewing. Amen. The ladies sewing program that's going on is 10 o'clock this Saturday morning. Also, don't forget, we've got some things that are going to be going on throughout the week. We have men's and ladies Bible study tomorrow night at 6.45. Uh, so, fellas, be here on time to help the ladies carry in your meal. Amen. And uh, that'll be a wonderful time around the Word of God. You do not have to be a member of Central Park Baptist Church to come to any of our Bible studies. Amen. They're open to anybody who would like to come and be a part of it. Then on, on, um, the, uh, on Friday night, there's a men's sports night, pickleball, that'll be played. Listen, it's going to be hot. If you're going to come, make sure you bring some water with you or some Gatorade or something to regenerate yourself with. Amen. Right. It's yeah. going to be awful warm. And so uh, we want you to come. We don't want you to die. Amen. Rule number one, don't get dead. Amen. <laughs> so uh, just be a, uh, bring something with you. Uh, but if you have, need more information about that, pre, please see Brother DeVito. It starts at 630. I'm not sure where you're meeting, but uh, he'll, he'll be able to tell you all of that. And then ladies, uh, nope, that's coming up a different time. Oh, Andretti's uh, September 16th. Amen. We're looking for 12 people to sign up. We really need to have 12 folks sign up. Uh, to go to Andretti's, There's, it's a uh, really like a go-kart place and all other games that are played there. And we're talking about a huge discount in order to get in. And so uh, if you, it's normally $35, I think, or higher. Uh, and the price for you would only be $10. So I want to encourage you, ladies, uh, come with your husbands, yeah. run them off the road. Right. Yeah. Amen. Get even. <laughs> Amen. You don't. The only minimum age. There's only a minimum age, which means you have to have a driver's license and so on. But if it, there's no maximum age, so that means right. people that are 80 years old and older are allowed to go. And so, so I could go. That's yeah. it. All right. And then, uh, uh, so that. Uh, please sign up for that, so we know exactly how many folks are coming. Then we'll have uh, we'll have a baby dedication on August 27th. On August 27th, Sunday. Uh, that's next Sunday. Amen. If you need more information about that, if you want to have your baby dedicated, uh, we're not talking about your sweetheart, we're talking about an infant, uh, please see Preacher and he'll get with you on all that information. Thank you for being here and welcome to Central Park. And then please let me know if, you, if you're going to do that, uh, uh, mom and dad, you're going to have to do your baby dedication that day. I need to know who you are and who's going to be there so we can kind of uh, prepare for that okay so I, I want you to know the gravity of of, of doing that it's uh, it's not just something that we do or ritual that we do it's it has some significance to it so uh, please uh, again come see me about that okay so we can go over that also uh, want to uh, uh, make sure you if you want to go to the uh, uh, sight and sound thing in uh, October I know that it's just really just around the corner uh, please sign up for that. The uh, cost is as minimal as we can get it. We're going to go on the bus, and uh, we're going to drive up on a Thursday, uh, go, to the, uh, uh, go to the Sight and Sound Theater on Esther, and they do a good job on that as well. Very, um, I mean, they have some uh, theatrical liberty at points, but they're pretty uh, biblical. They give a sound invitation at the end of those. Uh, and if you've never been, you'll enjoy it. So we're going to go up there that Thursday, go to the, the uh, program Thursday night, go back to the hotel and get up the next morning. And, uh, you know, you'll have time to eat breakfast and then we'll we'll head back that Friday. So and it's uh, about seven hours in the bus to Springfield. So uh, but if you it, it's in the, it's uh, out there, the information. So please, uh, uh, if you have have any questions, come and ask me or Miss White. OK. Also, I want to encourage you. I know it's our, you're back and you're the, you know, the backbone of things, but we need a good offering. Amen. I'll just to give you a hint, our electric bill this month was $5,300. Yeah, now when I said it was doubled, I wasn't kidding, you know. I mean, I'm, I'll, uh, anytime I'm, I'll be truthful with you, but uh, I think some of that was due to the fact that we were still trying to keep things cool upstairs with some of the uh, uh, temporary AC stuff, you know, in the hallways. And, but we got all that's done. 
uh, and it's in, so, and it's a, a whole lot cooler up there if you've been up there teaching, you know, and your classes are up there, so, uh, uh, but we, you know, the last two months for trying to keep things cool has really got us. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, uh, let me encourage you, you give as unto the Lord, and last week we wasn't too hot on our, our budget, and so, and, and from what I looked at a while ago, this week not much better, so, you know, God's got plenty of money, but it's still in your pocket. Amen. And if everybody do a little bit, we can all, we can take care of it. Amen. I know, I know somebody's thinking, man, you should have said that this morning. Well, I was waiting to see, but we'll talk about that next week. So, uh, but please let me encourage you. You give as unto the Lord. And, and I know if you've done that this morning, you know, uh, just, uh, you can't outgive God. Uh, God's not going to allow you to do that. So, uh, uh, again, may the Lord bless you this afternoon as you give. Dear Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. God, you've always uh, taken care of us, and I'm thankful for that. Lord, And you said to be anxious for nothing. And uh, so, Lord, we just place everything in your hands. God, I'm thankful for our people and their faithfulness. I'm thankful for, uh, Lord, for those who are faithful in their giving. And I pray, God, that you would continue to help us. And those who are not, Lord, I pray for them. God, they're robbing themselves of the blessings of God upon their life. And I pray, Lord, that you'd just speak to their heart, help them to get involved in your plan. And, uh, Lord, we'll give you praise for it. So, Lord, bless this offering. Uh, bless the gift and the giver. And we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. We would love for you to join us in singing hymn 400, hymn 400, Like a River Glorious.
Baptist and singing hymn 565. Hymn 565, we will do a verse and a chorus of Send the Light, and then please greet each other. A verse and a chorus of Send the Light, hymn 565, and then please greet each other afterwards. 565.
hearts always hunger for. Oh, our hearts always hunger for. You are the one that we praise. You are the one we adore. You give the healing and grace. Our hearts always Exodus, thank you, hon. Exodus chapter 6. I appreciate our choir and our special music ladies that sang this morning. They do a good job, amen. amen. No, they do a good job, amen. amen. Good, amen. They do. And they, they work, the choir worked hard at it. Yes. And uh, I appreciate them. They've really gotten where they, you know, sight reading was never my, you know, forte. You know, where you just pick up a piece of music and for the first time you do it to the best. But the choir's really got good at that. And when they do that, it just means that they've grown and they're singing. And so they've worked hard at it. And I just wanted to say I appreciate them. Please don't forget now after service, we're going to go in here and we're going to have a tar and a feathering. Amen. Amen. Really looking forward to that. <laughs> no, we're going to go in here and have a good time with Brother Mark on his birthday. Uh, so don't forget about that. But I also want you to uh, please uh, put, uh, pray a special prayer for all of our visitors and our families, the new families that have been visiting the church. Uh, we've had several that have uh, shown interest. We had a phone call yesterday and uh, about the family looking for a church home. And uh, I appreciate that, you know, and one of the things that they ask is, are we Calvinistic? And I said, absolutely not, you know, but the thing about that got me is that uh, there's churches that are, Baptist churches, and it's making a comeback, by the way, but, and they're not coming back as Calvinism, it's coming back under the guise of reform. So, uh, so anyway... But pray, because I, I, the Lord's been blessing, and we've had folks that have been interested. The men found someone yesterday that was interested. So please pray that the Lord will uh, and help them and give them strength to come. Oftentimes when you're coming to a new place, it's hard to come for that first time. And uh, so please pray that uh, uh, God, will, God will add to our church family, because he certainly has blessed. If you found your place in Exodus 6, say amen. I want to begin reading in verse 9, and we'll read down through verse 13. It says, And Moses spake so uh, unto the children of Israel. If you remember, in other words, Moses said just exactly what God said. He didn't change it or anything. He spake so unto the children of Israel. But they hearkened not unto Moses for anguish of spirit and for cruel bondage. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Go in, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of this land. And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? And the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron, and gave them a charge unto the... Now, this is, we're going to look at this, so pay attention. He gave them charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Father, I pray that you bless the reading of your word. And uh, God, I pray that your spirit will dwell in me, Lord, as I preach the message that you've laid upon my heart. And may, God, you help me to stay in the context of your word. And God, that you might receive the glory for it. And we might glean some things that will help us and strengthen us, Lord. And I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, the last message we talked about Moses. If you remember, Moses had gone to Pharaoh under God's command and uh, he had asked uh, Pharaoh to allow Israel to go, if you remember, three days' journey into the wilderness to sacrifice. And so now here in verse 10, God speaks to Moses, and he tells him to go back to Pharaoh with another message from God. And, and if you look there in verse 11, I, I wanted you to get, get this, I, and I've just 
for a title of the message, I put, It Only Gets Harder. Okay? Uh, and we, go, we see that in verse 11. It says, Go in, talking to Moses, speak unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, that he let the children of Israel go out of the land. Now, Moses, if you remember, we just read it, he has not been received well by the Israelites. Uh, the first time he told them, hey, you know, Pharaoh let us go. Well, Pharaoh, he, he got mad, and he really turned the heat up on the Israelites. And we see that this time he's gone back, and, and he, again, is not received well by them. But, but God is the one that's in control uh, and controls the speaking engagements. He's the one that's telling Moses what to do. And he has another important message uh, for Moses to give to Pharaoh. And so if you notice here in verse 11, I guess the first thing I want you to see is the, com- the command in the message. And because it was a, it was a different message. It was a changed message. It, it, but it was still a message from God. And, and if you go back to chapter 5, verse 1 and verse 3... The message God gave back then, it, we, as we've already mentioned, was to allow Israel to go out for a temporary time, three days, uh, to hold a feast unto the Lord. But this time, the message goes even further. It, now it says, let my people go out of the land. In other words, God's saying, listen, uh, Moses, go tell Pharaoh, you let them go permanently this time. Well, the first message... Uh, why, and I asked, about, well, why did the message change? Well, the first message to Pharaoh was a test, and Pharaoh failed it, okay? Uh, but now, at this point, God is going further in his demand. You see, since Pharaoh didn't submit to the small demand, now God's given him a bigger one. Uh, and that's the way God works a lot of times. And as I've said this often, that if you fail the first test, guess what's going to happen? I've noticed this, Brother Tracy and I both, when we went and got our test for our driver's license, they they said, I still remember the words, unfortunately, and I knew what was coming, they said, you didn't pass. Well, they I didn't go in and then them give me my driver's license. Did you get yours at first? No, I didn't either. And you know what happened? We had to go back. And it was really even more stressful the second time. It might have been the same test, but listen, I'm telling you, it was harder the second time through. Well, listen, I want you to understand that Pharaoh failed the first test. And now God is sending Moses back with, with a, a harder test uh, to, uh, to give to Pharaoh. And, and Moses is, you know, he's a little bit concerned about it. Well, listen, it only gets harder. It's not going to get any easier. You see, if we respond to a trial by complaining or fussing or or slacking off in our devotion to God, God's reaction is to send often a greater trial or more suffering, more chastening for because of our poor response the first time. I had a preacher tell me the other day that he had a, a man in his church that was going through some trials and he missed about two Sundays and the preacher contacted and said, hey, Uh, What's going on? And the man was saying, you know, we're going through some trials right now and some difficulties. And and as soon as we kind of get them together, we're going to get back in church. Listen, that's the worst thing that they could do. The best thing that you can do if you're going through a trial is get back in church around the, the people of God and get back around the presence of God and let God help you. And all God's people can say, amen. Well... God sends a, a, a greater message, you know, and, and I was telling one of the young men about this yesterday. You know, it, it, when God sends us small trials, if we can't take them, listen, we're in trouble. Jeremiah 12, 5, it's a familiar verse of Scripture. It says, if thou hast run with the footmen and they have wearied thee, then how canst thou contend with the horses? In other words, Jeremiah, God said, listen, if you can't do this when the easy stuff, if, you, if the easy things are getting you down, then listen, then what are you going to do when the hard stuff comes? Can I tell you, folks, listen, serving God in this society is not going to get any easier. So we might as well just, you know, pull up the notch in our, our belt, so to speak, and, and, and put on the whole armor of God and get ready. Because uh, the devil, he's turning up the heat, if you have noticed. Amen. Not literally, but I mean, he is. 
Uh, one preacher said it this way. He said, if God lays a light burden upon us and we refuse it, we may expect him to exchange our light burden for a heavier one. So we had better accept, accept the first cross he offers. So it was a changed message, and the message was more difficult. But I'm glad that God, it's a gracious message. I'm thankful that God is long-suffering to us. We're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Uh, listen, here's God. Now, God could have judged Pharaoh as, as soon as he refused the first one. God could, God's judgment could have poured, been poured out on, on Pharaoh and the people of Egypt immediately because he didn't let the people go. But God is a gracious God. He didn't do that. God's given Pharaoh another opportunity to, to do what God has asked him to do and let the people go. And this is a picture of the grace of Almighty God. Listen, God gives Pharaoh, a, a, a wicked king, another chance to submit to him. All through Scripture, you can find where God gives opportunity after opportunity for people to do the right thing, to get right before His judgment comes. And so no individual, think about this, no individual who experiences the judgment of God can complain that God is a cruel and unfair God. Why? Because God, listen, is long-suffering. Either that verse is true or it's not. And by the time God's judgment comes on people, it is after they have had several opportunities to repent and do the right thing. But they've refused it, just like Pharaoh. Uh, God gives sufficient opportunities uh, to turn from sin and to repent. And we see that in God's message here to Pharaoh. But notice again, it's a difficult message. The message God tells Moses to deliver this time, it's, hard. it's a hard one. I mean, if the second message had been like the first one, think about it. If God would have said, Moses, you need to go back and tell Pharaoh again to let the people go for three days, out, you know, for three days' journey out so they can have a feast unto me, then you know what? That, that message wouldn't have been so hard. Same message. I mean, he refused it. Well, well, it's not the same message this time. Now it's a little bit more difficult. I mean, Pharaoh, had, he, re, he didn't respond to the, the first message in a positive way. And Moses could have been thinking, you know, Lord, uh, if you could just let me, I don't know, give a smooth message. Follow me? Uh, you know, preach unto me smooth sayings. With the people had, well, I'm telling Pharaoh at this point probably had an itching ear, and he didn't listen to the first message, and it just gets a little bit harder. And, and, and so, but the message is even more demanding. And, but Moses, listen, Moses didn't water it down. He didn't change it. He didn't, he didn't change the words in the, in the, of, the, of God that told him to say. He simply went and gave him the exact message that God told him to give. And sometimes it's not an easy thing to stand and preach the Word of God. But sometimes God says, listen, this is the message that I want you to preach. Preach it. Listen, God still speaks today, by the way. Amen. He still speaks. And, 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 but God's assignments are not always one that we would prefer. I mean, I'll, I don't know about you, but I like to preach to uh, sympathetic people. Sympathetic crowds, you know, uh, that they, they when you know preaching, they'll where they'll say Amen, where they'll say Praise the Lord, or or when the message is over, they give you that proverbial pat on the back kind of thing and say, Preacher, that was a I appreciate the message. No, but it's not always that way. Sometimes you have to preach on repentance. Sometimes you have to preach on sin. Sometimes you have to preach on damnation and all those kinds of things and hell and and listen and those aren't popular messages today. I mean, you preach on heaven and, you know, and the bank accounts are good and, and all this kind of thing. I mean, it's an amen and praise the Lord. But you start preaching on the, the uh, you know, the we missed a budget the last two weeks and, and our electric bill was $5,500 and, and, you know, and then all of a sudden everybody wants to pray. You know, it's hard to say amen when the bulldog biting kind of thing, you know. I mean, but listen, but those are realities. They're facts. And sometimes we just have to know, and sometimes the, the, the truth is not always pal listen, palatable, especially for those that are outside the will of God. 
people don't want to hear those things. Uh, but, but with preaching, as it is here with Moses, it's God's command. God says to preach the whole counsel of the Word of God, not just to pick and choose, but to preach all of it. So it's a, it's a difficult message. But when you look here in verse 12, you notice there's a complaint about the message in chapter 6. Verse 12, it says, And Moses spake before the Lord, saying, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am of uncircumcised lips? Now, Moses' response is not a good one. And before we get on him, we need to understand and consider that we do the same thing. A few of us would have responded much better if we were facing the same situation or the same circumstances that he was facing. And we need to know that his response, as ours is, oftentimes is not justified. Sometimes when the, you know, I can remember my mom and dad, they're about to give me a whooping for something or disobedience or something, you know, and they they say, not particularly these exact words, but they would say something like, you know, this is going to hurt me a whole lot more than it's going to hurt you. Yeah, Yeah, right. Sure it is, you know. Uh, But listen, but I'm telling you, do you think it pleases God to have to chasten his children? Absolutely not. It never pleases a parent to have to chasten their kids. Listen, I I watch these young parents around. I was watching some this afternoon, and I'm telling you, uh, I I try not to. I don't want to get in the way. You know, my kids are grown. I'm into the grandparent thing now. And uh, and when I see parent, children uh, act up, you know what I do? I, I'm sorry, but your child. <laughs> and then when they start having to discipline their kids, I try not to let them see me because I'm kind of smiling because, you know, I went through the same things. Uh, you, but you hate to do that. Uh, no parent likes to discipline their children. And God does not like to discipline us as well. And And so here's Moses. He... He, God gives him this command, and he doesn't respond very well. But after, and watch this, I want you to understand, after the poor response of the Israelites the first time, the flesh is going to get in the way with Moses, and the flesh is going to react in a, uh, in, in a, you know, in a not so positive way toward Pharaoh. I mean, Moses is skeptical. Y'all ever get skeptical? Listen, this whole world will make a skeptic out of you. And sometimes if you're not careful, the ministry will make a skeptic out of you. Amen. We're seeing it here in in this with Moses. This world has a way of doing that, and it's doing it to Moses. And Moses says, look look back in verse 12, Behold, the children of Israel have not hearkened unto me. How then shall Pharaoh hear me? Now, he's not wrong in his thinking. Okay? I mean, after all, if God's people don't heed what God says, then how can we expect lost people to heed what God says? If God's people who are sitting in the pew Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon, and Wednesday nights, if they're not going to do what God says to do, then how can we expect lost people to do it? Listen, God, and we're seeing this, and that's exactly what Moses is saying. The thing wrong with this thinking, though, is that Moses is trying to get out of what God is telling him to do. Pharaoh's response, now watch, has nothing to do with God's command on Moses. Nothing. Pharaoh's response has nothing to do with what God has called Moses to do. Now think about this. And our serving God must not hinge on how people respond to the message. Listen, I've had people, I've preached messages, and and most recently I had someone after I preached on a Sunday morning several months ago, somebody came to me after church was over and said, you're a brave man. And I thought, I I really, I knew what they were saying, but I I thought, you know what? All I'm doing is just telling you what God said. All I'm trying to do is tell you the truth. Listen, people's response have nothing to do with what God has called me to do. I want people to respond the right way. 
I want folks to be obedient to God. I want to see the altars full of, of people whose heart is tender toward a God and tender toward prayer and tender toward, listen, the place of prayer. And, 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 but regardless of how, I, I can't make, uh, make people come. You know what else? I can, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. It's my heart's desire to see folks do the right thing. It's God's desire to see folks do the right thing. But come next time to preach the Word of God, God's command on my life and on my call is still the same. And it's the same for you as well. God's call on your life is not going to change. So we're to do what God tells us to do regardless of how people respond to what we're trying to tell them. When people go out, when our men and our ladies go out knocking doors, listen, I'm telling you, it's rough sometimes. Not always do they bump into people who's responsive and want to talk to you. Sometimes they slam the door in your face. Sometimes they say, get off my property. Sometimes they'll, I've, I've had them spit on your shoes. They do all kinds of stuff. But listen, their response does not change the call of God to go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. The next Saturday comes around, guess what? We're supposed to go, regardless of their response. If you think about it, Jeremiah and, and Ezekiel, they're two prophets of God, called of God to preach a message of repentance, even though God told them that the people weren't going to listen, but they still went. And our calling is simply not dependent on whether the people believe it or not. It's not dependent on convenience or time of day. But it's dependent upon God's command. That's why God said in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 2, preach the word. And then he said, be instant, in season, out of season. In other words, be prepared to preach whether you feel like it or not. Are y'all still here? Say amen. So Moses, he's skeptical now. But notice he goes in, and, and, and he's talking to God, and notice what he says. He says, how, how then shall Pharaoh hear me, who am, uh, and, uh, who am of uncircumcised lips? Now, when I read that, I thought, well, you know, what's he talking about? Well, what he's doing, he's trying to use his speech problem again as an excuse not to serve God and do what God told him to do. You see, to be of uncircumcised lips, it speaks of lips that don't speak well. Just like the Bible teaches uncircumcised ears in Scripture mean that they're ears that don't hear or don't hearken unto the Word of God or are like an uncircumcised heart that's a heart that does not believe or, or, or receive into their heart what God is trying to tell them. So, so Moses is trying to use this as an excuse again, but notice Moses' excuse, it doesn't work. And the reason is it, it, because it's not about Moses' ability. It's about God's ability through Moses to convince Pharaoh. It's not about Moses' ability to speak. It's just about simply Moses telling Pharaoh what God told him to say. And God's going to give him the ability to do that. It's about the power of God. It, it, listen, when, when we have church, it's not about, uh, it's not about our ability or, or what we're doing. It's about the power of God through us. We can come and we can do things, and our choir does a good job. The special music is awesome, and, and, but without the Spirit and the power of God, then, then we, listen, we'll accomplish nothing. We'll never see lives changed. We'll never see folks get saved. We'll never see folks follow the Lord in Scripture or baptism. We'll never see that. It's all about the power of God, and God's trying to convince Moses of that. But notice in verse 13, the charge in the message it says, and the Lord spake, let me get my glasses, the Lord spake unto Moses and unto Aaron and gave them a charge unto the children of Israel and unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Now, this is important. You see, the last few verses of chapter 6 and the first seven verses of chapter 7, they recap uh, or review what's taken place already concerning the genealogy of Moses and Aaron. And this passage is reminding us that, that the Bible is not just a bunch of stories. 
It's not just a bunch of sayings that are thrown together without any rhyme or reason. But it reminds us that the writers of God's Word, the writers of Scripture, they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And we're seeing here that, listen, that all these things that God puts in here, they mean something to us. Now, the watch the repeating of these orders, whether the verse is a summary of what God has said already or, or it's a new statement, that's not really the main point. What does matter here is the fact that God has left no doubt about what he expects concerning Israel's deliverance. Listen, there's no excuse for opposing what God expects. Listen, God has an expectation for every born-again child of God. And and we can offer excuses, we can do all these other things, but it doesn't change God's expectation on you and me as a child of God. The the same truth is seen in the gospel. Now watch, uh, God has repeatedly told man the necessity of salvation. The Bible says we we must be saved. You go to the book of Titus, it tells us that, that if we want to miss hell, listen, and gain heaven, then we have to receive Jesus. Jesus Christ is our personal Savior. John 3.36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not, on the, uh, believeth not the Son of God uh, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Listen, it's a simple matter of believing and trusting God. John 3.18 says, He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Why? Because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So listen, we're talking about repeating orders. Man cannot complain that God has not sufficiently informed him about his duty. God has given us our marching orders. He's told us what we need to do over and over again. Parent, do you ever tell your kids to do things over and over and over? You know, I mean, I can hear it. I bet I have told you to do that at least a thousand times. Okay, let's try a thousand and one. You know? I mean, think about that. Listen, how many times does God have to tell us? We know what to do. We know how to do it. But we, we, it, we simply must begin to apply the things of God in our lives. And yet people still complain, well, you didn't tell. Yeah, we did tell. He did tell us. There's no excuse for it. Just like there's no excuse for people. Someone asked the other day about, uh, will people have a chance to get saved during the tribulation period? Yes, those who have never heard the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. If they've never heard. But those who have. The Bible says God will send them a strong delusion that they'll believe a lie. Why? Because they've already rejected their opportunity. Listen, man cannot say that God is not fair. He's more than fair. Notice the responsibility. Um, God told Moses, look what he said. These are responsibility regarding the orders that God has given God told Moses, he said, charge the children of Israel, watch, and Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the children out of the land of Egypt. Notice he says, charge the children of Israel and Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Now watch, the charge here not only makes Moses and Aaron responsible for the deliverance of Israel, but the way it's stated here, the way it's phrased here, it also makes Israel's deliverance, it makes their emancipation the responsibility of the children of Israel and Pharaoh. They're all responsible. Nobody in Egypt can be a, a, a neutral or, or disinterested third party and say that they're not responsible. Yes, they're all responsible. Listen, Israel is just as responsible as Moses and Pharaoh. They're all responsible, which brings me to mind, listen, they've all got to cooperate. Get this, if, if, if Pharaoh doesn't cooperate, God will deal with him. If Moses fails, then God's going to deal with him. If children of Israel fail, then God will deal with them. And by the way, God does deal with them later because of their disobedience. They're all responsible. 
which tells me, and we're going to see later again, that, that Moses was the hard-headed one. He was stubborn. He's the one that didn't go along with what God said. But, but uh, Moses and the children of Israel did at this point. But it's also a reminder to me and you that we are all responsible for the work of Almighty God in this place. No one is, 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 uh, can say that I'm a neutral part. No, we are, everybody is responsible for something in the work of Almighty God. There's no such thing as just coming and sitting in a pew and filling your place. Listen, we, are all, we all have a responsibility. And we can all say, amen. There's no place to pass the buck in ministry. Um. I mean, it's not just the pastor and the staff. Are y'all still here? Stay, stay with me. I'm almost done. It's not just the pastor and the staff. It's not just the pastor and the staff and a chosen few. It's not just the pastor and the staff and a chosen few and a missionary or, or someone like that who's responsible for the ministry. It's the church members as well. Yeah. Just like we see it here with Israel's deliverance out of Egypt. In God's work, there's no place for people to just be idle or just be bystanders. There's no place uh, to, again, pass the buck. We're all responsible. That's why that verse of Scripture tells us, let us be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if... Let us be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. Brother Shelton, it, 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 it's all up to me. It's, it's up to you. It's we. It's not, it's not just Shelton on his own. It's we. If he gets weary, hang in there. God's going to bless. It's going to be okay. If, if Brother Marco gets weary and, and discouraged, it's okay. Hey, somebody's got to go to him and say, listen, God said it's about us. It's not about me. It's a not a me thing. It's a we thing. But Brother Reggie, if it's, it, it, listen, if you're getting weary, now wait a minute, let's don't, don't fall down. Don't faint. If, if, if it's, all, it's, it's about us. We shall reap in due season. Listen, hang in there. Listen, no, wait. If you see somebody that's struggling, go to them and encourage them and pray for them and say, hey, it's an us thing. It's a we thing. Hey, hang in here. We're going to reap if we faint not. Don't let somebody fall out. We've got to go to them. Listen, we all struggle. Come on. We all have a hard time. Man, sometimes we have a, uh, we have a hard Monday, and it lasts for seven days. I mean, I, you say, how do you know? Well, because I watch, and I see the way some folks look when they come to church on Sunday morning. They're just barely getting in. Man, wait, wait a minute. If I see them like that, I, listen, I've had people call me, and they've had a hard time. And I say, listen, hang in here. The Bible says, let us be not weary. Us, come on, are y'all still with me? Listen, we're in this together. We're all responsible, just like Israel is responsible, just as much as Moses and Aaron and Pharaoh. They all have to do their part. And we saw what happened, and we'll, or we, we will see what happens to Pharaoh. You, you know because he doesn't do his part, not just he suffers, but the whole nation of Egypt suffers as a result of his disobedience to what God says. You know, when one person, one member of Central Park Baptist Church doesn't do their part, you understand we all suffer. Yeah. Let us be not weary in well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. You know, when I talked to you just a few minutes ago about all the visitors, and we have, we've had several phone calls. Uh, we've had visitors in the last um, month, six weeks, pe- people coming. Listen, those don't come by accident. Can I tell you, let's pray for them. Let us be not weary in well-doing. Let us be not weary in our prayer time. Get, get on your knees before God and pray and say, Lord, listen. You've been good to us, but you're not back yet. And there's still people that need Christ. There's still people that need to grow in their relationship with you. And God help them, if it be your will, to do it through Central Park Baptist Church. And may I be a part of that. Let us be not weary and well-doing, for we shall reap in due season if we faint not. You see, this is not a me church. It's a we church. 
And all God's people can say, what a lesson from Moses. Listen, they're all responsible. It's not always an easy message, but it's always a message that God wants us to give. The message of the gospel. God help us. Father, I pray, God, that you'd be with us. And Lord, I pray that you...